Mind of Man, Mind of God, number 33. It's the fourth Sunday of Lent. It's March 18th, 2007, the day after St. Patrick's Day. Hi, Dave. Hi, Reiner. You're kind of... hungover, being a good Irishman, but I'm not. Yeah, I was going to say, you're kind of Irish, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a... Uh... Uh, yeah, mom and mom's side of the family and dad's side of the family all good. Yeah. Irish. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually went and I was gonna say ran, but no, walked a three k St. Patty's Day thing at eight o'clock yesterday. Well, aren't you? Uh, uh, it was. Uh, it's yeah. It was called the Shamrock Shuffle. So Shamrock Shuffle, right? Yeah. There you cool. go. And then I actually went downtown and saw the parade because the. Uh, Irish Army Pipe Band was here in Lexington. No, it was cool. I was reading their website. Normally they're in Boston or someplace, a big deal, but somebody had a connection and they were here, so it was kind of cool. Wow. How were they? Uh, they wore skirts. <laughs> I'm not, how was their music? It was good. The bagpipes and drums, you know. Oh, yeah. It was, it was Irish. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So... Yeah, I'm not as excited about it as since uh, leaving Chicago. You know, I, that's a, kind of a big deal there in Chicago. Yeah, no painting the river green and green. drinking green beer and stuff. So yeah, as a as I always mention to people that uh, you know people outside of Chicago may not be aware of this. That you know the river is already pretty green before they you know add green. That's true, but it's really green. <laughs> it's really green then. But I'm just saying they get a little head start because whatever else is living in there already but uh, yeah it's real green that's true oh, I also saw some you know kids doing Irish dancing stuff at the oh, yeah. festival so. I but, always thought that sort of you know I, you gotta keep their arms straight down their, their by their side you know it's sort of a, I mean you don't really need to have arms to do that <laughs> kind of dance kind of they did several different things but yeah Actually, I went down with Renata, and she was asking me. I I heard this rumor that they learned to dance that way because dancing was against the law. Is that true? Yeah, there's something about that. Like you don't want to have wild, frivolous movements or whatever. You know, so. so they could dance, pretend like they weren't, or something. I guess. Something. I don't know. All very uptight or something. But <laughs> it's amazing how an art form develops develops out of those weird strictures. Well, you know, art forms can, you know, result from all si sorts of persecution and bad things, you know? I suppose so. I suppose that's true. Kind of, kind of a paradox there, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Or maybe it's just how life is. I guess. Well, on to our show, eh? I guess. Okay, so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about one of my favorite uh, readings, one I relate to very well, The Prodigal Son. Really? No, I think I've been one most of my life, I think, in one way or another. So you've taken all your father's money and gone through it with prostitutes? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Family show. Oh, yeah. Is it? <laughs> they, listen, they, they were massage therapists. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Dave. Massage therapist, right. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. Necessarily... All the money, but you know, just your share of it anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. whatever. Uh, but prodigal son, it's kind of an interesting reading in that, that you know the the main thing about that I always get is well, 
kind of reminds me, kind of goes back to that Cain and Abel thing for me, too. So there's a guy kind of toiling in the fields, doing all this stuff, and, you know, and God likes the one that's running around with a sheep playing his flute. And here you got <laughs> guy out with prostitutes, drinking, carousing, and the big responsible one's home, doing what he's supposed to do, and what does he get? Nothing. Nothing. Well, not exactly, but, you know, he's, he's a little jealous. A little jealous of that whole scene. Exactly. Understandable, I'd say. Yeah. You know, I've heard this reading a lot of times, and this time I'm reading it, and it's interesting. I went back to the beginning, and, and the motivation for telling this story yeah. was that, you know, tax collectors and sinners were drawing near Jesus, and the Pharisees and scribes were complaining. Oh, yeah. Say, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So so then Jesus said, gave this parable. Hmm. That's interesting. I I usually blow by that part of it. Right. But, you know, yeah, it's like the Pharisees are saying, we do all this stuff. and Although, I don't know, but that, that puts the Pharisees in sort of a good light then, right? That <laughs> they're doing what they're supposed to? I don't know. I just... Uh, never... are, do the Pharisees equate to the responsible son? The... I don't know. Maybe. Although the, he didn't really like the Pharisees, too. They were kind of... Uh... Well, you know, I, I think, you know, there were some that, you know... Okay. You know, yeah, like, who were they? Like, Paul was a Pharisee. Oh, really? And he, yeah. And what, Nicodemus? And there were several of them that... What, what is a Pharisee, by the way? What does it mean? Is it like a priest? Or... Well, kind of. There were... Oh, God. I'm going to be making this up, Dave. <laughs> that there were two divisions in the Sanhedrin, which was the, like, the law like the head group of leaders yeah. at the temple. And there were Pharisees. Ooh, and, and Maybe. And the scribes or something. And, and they were always, they had philosophical or theological differences, but basically they were both, yeah, kind of like priests in charge of, you know, administering the law and, you know, saying here's what you got to do and not do. Kind of yeah. like the church hierarchy, you know. So, but there were two factions that sometimes, you know, that Jesus played against each other. <laughs> but but anyway, yeah, they were kind of like the big deals in the church. They ran the synagogue and junk. So. They must have not really liked him coming along and telling them what for there, huh? No, he, they didn't like him at all. I mean, see, that's, that's part of, you know, part of the readings. I mean, this is Lent, right? We're working our way up to Holy Week where they get killed, where yeah, Jesus right. gets killed and everything. So you go, I mean, part of this readings, they picked these to show the advance towards that, right? I mean, yeah, he's pissing off the Pharisees, so they end up, you know, <laughs> having him crucified. So, yeah, it's a it's a movement. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's not just the, the actual meaning of the text. It's also providing the context of his interaction with these people that wind up turning him in or getting him in trouble or getting him killed. Yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, that there's the reading stands alone and it's also part of the whole Lenten journey, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is also our Lenten journey towards death or resurrection, both, I don't know. <laughs> well, now, isn't that reading a lot about repentance, too? Because the son has to, and, and it's a, it's an image of turning to God too. I would think. you know, Father representing God and 
Yeah. Instead of being dissolute and returning. Yes, and realizing that what you're doing, you say, oh, this is what I want. Give me the money and let me go off and party and have a good time. And after a while, figuring out that <laughs> that didn't work out so well. Right. Maybe I'll go back to what I should have been doing. <laughs> so. How do you know what you should be doing? It's a tough question. Uh, my It'd be nice if you know if it was if God was like you know camped out somewhere in like say Topeka Kansas or whatever and then you just need to go back you just show up and do whatever but not quite that simple is it? Well, of course, my standard answer, Dave, is you need to be listening. <laughs> I I always hearken back to that reading in First Kings that I love about Elijah or somebody in the mountain and. You know, and there was a big storm and a, and God wasn't in it, and a big fire and a big earthquake, and then there was a tiny whispering voice, and he hid his face and listened because he knew that was the voice of God. It's like that. Yeah, I want I want somebody to come up and say, Zappo, here's the answer. But the real answer is, empty your head once in a while and <laughs> and your heart and listen to what God's trying to tell you. He's probably there. <laughs> So like maybe go on a fast or go get quiet or or, or or whatever. Or just, yeah, you know, put yourself in God's presence and listen instead of talk. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, go to God and tell him what he should do. You know, say, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Dear God, this is what you need to do for me. I need this. Go make this better. Go fix this. <laughs> right. Instead of going, hi, I'm just here. <laughs> Well, you know, I think life, to some extent, it's like being in, in the world's best uh, department store. And you're walking around, and you got your cart, and, and you see all these things that you want. And But, you know, which one do you pick? So I'm just saying there's a, there's a lot of distractions to make you think, well, this is what I need, or that's what I need. A lot of people telling you what you need. Well, that that is true. <laughs> that I mean, there's a lot of distractions, and but but the point is though. So so what's your? I don't know. If you take that analogy, and I'm in that department store. So what am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, I know. I I I'm just. I guess I'm just saying it, it's hard to turn off the noise. Sometimes. It is indeed, especially since our culture is all about noise. Man, noise is everything. Oh yeah, I mean. Look at this this crap here. I mean, allegedly, what we're doing here is making a podcast, right? <laughs> That's what I've been told. Yeah. Allegedly. So so, let, but pretend like you know, an iPod. What does it do? It sticks other noise in your head constantly, <laughs> right? I mean, it's the devil. <laughs> so what's our role here with the devil? Then are we are we? Part of it, or we just are we well, countermanding it, or yeah, we're we, we're trying we to doing? sneak in there in the little iPod noisemakers and and say something that's are we the ghost in the machine? I don't know. I don't. That doesn't have any meaning for me. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, we're the we're the little we're we're infiltrating it and trying to sneak some uh, you know legitimate thoughts in there, uh. like turn the damn iPod off. <laughs> that's right. That's, Best thing you could do for our podcast is not listen to us or anybody. Right. Go and uh, sit in a quiet place and see if God's saying anything to you. 
But nice place here is I can get up into the mountains a little bit. That, that's quiet. Yeah. You know, I can go walk through the woods. I mean, you can do it anywhere. Yeah. Assuming you know, there's not noise, which is <laughs> that's a rash assumption in our culture, but. I think I think people I think partly up I think it uh serves as a uh analgesic or something for people's pain or their uh legitimate suffering or trying to understand things or, or whatever. You know, because you just fill up every second with the next stimulation. I mean I used to think, you know, you know, I grew up, you know, television was a big thing, you know, okay, well, and then all of a sudden, cable, you know, just it's this increasing amount of option for stimulation. Uh, yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, you know, the NCAA Final Four tournament's going on, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, I got to watch all these games. And about yesterday afternoon, I went, okay, I'm sick of this noise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I don't really care anymore, but but yeah, it's it's that whole culture of well, yeah. Here's something else to stimulate you. I mean, here's something else to, you know, fill your time. You know, when I think about it a lot is when I go into the video store and I just look at all of these movies and I think to myself, wow, oh, this look at all this product, look at all this. And, and, do you ever think, you know, just uh, think about the amount of time you spend? Like you have a certain amount of hours that you're going to have in your life. And then you think about, I remember making a list of how many movies I'd seen, and I was thinking, well, each of those movies was probably at least about an hour and a half. You know, and they were like, whatever, 200, whatever, however many movies I'd seen. Wow, that's a lot of, that's a huge chunk of my life that has just come out of sitting there watching someone else's story, which is kind of a sobering thought, actually. Well... Kind of, except that, you know, when you watch TV, there's not even a story, usually. <laughs> or, I mean, you listen to a song. I mean, that's that's the part that kills me. You just got this stuff playing in your head constantly, so you can't even have your own thoughts. Yeah. I mean, video games are even worse, because they, they truly, it's the same scenes over and over again. And you know, when you win, you got nothing. You just spent, you know, hours and hours of your time. And at the end, there's nothing. Oh, okay. Hit reset and start over again. I mean... <laughs> so, Reiner, have we now become crusty curmudgeons? Well, I've always been there. But... <laughs> Those kids in their video games. That's right. I don't know what these girls are coming to. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Okay. But the real question, Reiner, as always, is... Yeah, what does this have to do with foosball? The prodigal son in foosball. Well, I imagine, you know, maybe when he was out being the prodigal son, he probably spent a lot of time playing the equivalent of foosball at you know, some bar or whatever. I want to say at bars back then. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you would Where think so. Where they went for, like, carousing and drinking. Anyways, well, um, sure. Uh, I, I got nothing. <laughs> Cool. I um, got nothing. Nothing. Let me think. Uh, nothing. Prodigal son, foosball. Ah, uh, boy, this is a stretch. Well, you know, you sometimes 
well, yeah, okay, we're gonna stretch. So you know, you've got your uh, solid guy in the back, and this, and you just got some wild ass guy in the front just doing random things and right. pisses you off. But you know, maybe you know you'll 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 win anyway, and you'll go, what the hell happened there? Maybe you really almost need to have a prodigal son. You got you got to have that one that takes the chances. Perhaps. You know, maybe it wasn't such a bad thing he went out there just because he was able to find out. Maybe unless you take a shot, unless you see what works, see what doesn't work, you, you never really learn what does, you know, does work. It's true. And, you know, the prodigal son, even though the, you know, the older son was pissed off, didn't want to come in the house, the father went and talked him into it, so he got to come to the party anyway. <laughs> and there wouldn't have been a party if the kid didn't take off. You know, that's true. Although, I still don't... It's not really foosball, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we got to pull out of that one. If we, you know, yeah, we just need that's as far as we can go with it. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, happy belated St. Patrick's Day to everybody, and, and hope you had a good one. All right. All right, Reiner. All right, we're out. We'll see you. Ciao. Right. You can make it. Shoot it. Momog.com.